Well, good morning. If you have uh, your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter um, 12. Um, it was very intentional. We only had one song, um, and we will have more later. So some of you are like, man, I got gypped. I showed up late. They made me drink my coffee outside. How dare you? Um, well, sorry about that. Um, this is one of those texts in Matthew chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, slip your hands up. This is one of those texts that it would almost be nice for me to just kind of read it and then go sit down and say, have a fantastic day. Um, in fact, not because I don't want to talk about it, but because I believe the warning in this text applies to all of us, and I don't take it lightly. And as someone that is um, biblically as a pastor, I'm called to give, I'm going to give an account um, for, the, for the way in which I lead and I shepherd and I pastor. And so I don't take that lightly, and I definitely don't take it lightly when it comes uh, to text like this. But that being said, um, I think this is a, a charge for all of us. And so if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 12, um, we had decided uh, to have no words on the screen. Actually, we didn't. The Lord decided, and our bulb went away, and we can't find the replacement. So um, fortunately, the church is existing for a lot more than just a couple little bit of electronics. So let's go ahead and let's read Matthew chapter 12. Uh, verses 33 through 37 is where we are. This is, uh, before we get in, I guess, this is Jesus had just come off, um, in essence, waylaying the Pharisees for their, for, their con- for their accusation of him. Like, if you really believe that the work that I'm doing is attributed to Satan, then, uh, like, how dare you? And he basically he ruins their accusation by so many different fronts, and then he comes into this. And now, obviously, the scriptures, we have little breaks, and we have little titles and stuff, this wouldn't have been a pause. This was, this was like he rolled right from that last bit of text right into this. And so um, he just talked about like, look, you're, you're blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. You can go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, and this week uh, he comes in, he just basically says, right after all that, he says, either make, make the tree good and its fr- fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Look, a good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. Like there's not this, this idea that a bad tree could produce great fruit was, was ridiculous. And every single person that heard that understood this. And they knew that, look, a tree is, is, is known by its fruit. And so what Jesus is doing is as he turns this corner here and he hears these accusations and he hears this, this, um, this front coming at him and attacking who he was and, and denying whether or not he is the Messiah, as he hears this, he, he makes a turn and he goes, okay, well, let's, let's stop talking about what we're seeing on the outside and let's just peel it back and let's start looking at what's going on in here. And so what he does is he, he, he basically, he comes with this little parable. It's like, look, a tree, and this isn't the first time he'd already talked about him being the vine and God being the vine, or him and God, God being the vine dresser, and ultimately that, that our, our life is, is lived connected to Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us that, that we hear in, in, in the Gospels as well, he tells us if, if there's a branch that's not connected to him, it's to be cut off and thrown in, in, in the fire to be destroyed so that we can bear more fruit. And so this, this analogy of a tree is, is, is woven all through the scripture. And what he's saying is, is there is no third kind of tree. 
You're either a good tree that bears good fruit or a bad tree that bears bad fruit. Now, we also have scriptures that talk about seasons of fruit and talk about that there may be a branch or some vine or something on us that isn't connected, but it needs to be cut away, which is painful and not easy. But ultimately, it's cut away so that we can bear good fruit. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were saved for the good works. We were saved for good works. So it wasn't, it wasn't that we, we work good and we come in this, but he's saying, look, you can't be one or, and both. You can't be both. You're one or the other. He says, look, you're, you're either a tree that's bearing good fruit or you're a tree that's bearing bad fruit. And then just to make it a little bit clearer, he goes on. And in verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers. Um, just in case you're wondering, that's not a, a very nice term. Like, you don't want to be called a brood of vipers, in case you're wondering. It says, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It says, look, you, you brood of vipers. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. The evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Uh, vipers in this time, I mean, it was, it was very understandable, but in, in Palestine and in, in the Mediterranean area, vipers were poisonous. They were, we, we know that they were, there were lots of them, they were, res, they were present, so most every single person knew to stay away from a viper. We see in Acts that the Apostle Paul is bit by a viper, and they're amazed that he doesn't die. And so we know that this is something that's, that's, that's present. And, and a brood would be um, when a bunch of them were born and they would, they would scurry almost like insects and go any which direction, uncontrollable and just infest an area and take on anything and anyone. And Jesus goes from, look, look, a bad tree can't produce good fruit and a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And then he just goes ahead and says, like, in case you're wondering, you brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. You, you came at me with an accusation that what I do is of Satan, but we've just established that what I do is because I'm the Messiah. I am, I'm the Son of God. And then he, he, he turns their accusation and just exposes their hearts. Exposes their hearts and says, you can't bring good treasure forth with an ugly, evil heart. You can't do it. He says that, that ultimately in this, this one verse in the middle, out of the abundance of our heart, out of the, the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. And this is, a, this is a, an interesting word because um, abundance means is overflow. So in essence, it's, it's, it's not that our mouth is, is ultimately what saves us or condemns us so that we'll get there in a second, but ultimately what we say, what comes out of our mouth, shows our heart condition. See, what, 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 what I say, and you can tie what you do, shows the condition of the heart. And this is one of those verses that it's like, ah. And, and, and when he says abundance, it's the overflow and so it's, in essence, what he's saying is, is look, you're, you're going to speak because it's going to spill out of you. And so let me give this to our context. You know, when you're driving in your car 
and there happens to be a driver, maybe a 2C driver in front of you that's driving under, under the speed limit, right? And they, they don't know how to drive. Um, and you get frustrated. Well, what ends up happening is what comes out of you is what's in you. And, it, and you get bumped and you get, you get affected by this. The same thing happens relationally. Right? When you get hit, stuff comes out of you. And what comes out of you shows it's indicative of what's in you. What comes out of you is what is in here. And we spend so much tireless hours working on watching the exterior and, and molding the exterior to look like something that we never pay attention to the heart. And what comes out of you is what's in you. The downside is, is that when you get bumped relationally or, or you get cut off or, or you hear bad news or you stub your toe, sorry for those of you that do that, like it hurts, you know, your pinky toe. It's like it's, I don't know why, I must walk like this or something because it's always getting caught on everything. Um, I have hobbit feet, but that's another, anyways. <clears throat> that had nothing to do with it. But the problem is, is that when this spills out, when my heart spills out, when what comes in, what is oh, the overflow of my heart comes out, is that it doesn't just spill on the ground. No, actually it spills on, no, I don't have any water in there. <laughs> the splash zone, right? I was thinking something like that. No, the, the point is this, is it does. That what, what comes out of my heart isn't just something that happens to me. I spill it on the people around me. And, and then more spilling comes. And when I spill it out on my spouse or when I spill it out on Jen, she spills it up back out on me and it's, it can get ugly and ugly and ugly. And so what Jesus is doing is he's saying, look, these, these, these Pharisees, and they don't get it. We'll see it next week. They, they just miss the point completely of what he's doing. But what he's saying is, is, is it's important what's in here. What's in here will be shown by what comes out of here. You know, over 78 times we have scripture that talks about the mouth. Every time it talks about guard it, don't gossip, don't slander. That's just the very basic. There's so many more. And it talks about we, aren't to, we are to not slander. We are not to do these things. And yet, I have a feeling that most of us have a lot of things coming out of us that, that are indicative of the heart. And just in case you're wondering, well, no, I didn't say it. I just put it on Facebook. That's, that's kind of the same thing, okay? And yeah, maybe there's a win. I didn't say it, but I thought it, right? There's a win there, but, but again, and that maybe that's good because you didn't spill it on anyone else, but there's still this purging of the heart. And, and here's the thing. God is, and he's made it a point since the very beginning, he is after our hearts. He's after your heart. He is ferociously, like insistently pushing on you for your heart. And he doesn't want like a little half of it or a piece of it. He wants all of it. And he wants to rip that dead, cold heart that isn't it with him and pull it out and put in this beautiful heart that has flesh and brings joy and peace, something that you can't do. But then with that heart, we live out. With that new heart, we now have a desire to, to do what he calls us to do. So he makes this very clear, again, saying good treasure and bad treasure. Treasure is this idea of, 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 
of value of what we own and what we have. And so it's this, our life is going to look like the treasures we have and what we put our faith or what we put our treasure in is going to show that. And so if our treasure is of good value, then we will, we will do with good treasure. If our treasure is in this world and of the, of the, of the mess and the darkness and the, the ugliness, then that's what, what treasure we bring forth. And so he's begin. He's drawing this line, and then he says, I tell you, in verse 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless, or some translations, idle word you speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Um, scholars uh, disagree. I think that what Justified and condemned, we see in Romans 10, 9, that if we are to confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, it's, it's, a, it's an act of, of, of our faith in Christ is what, what saves us. It's what brings us to him. And so through that, we see salvation. We saw last week that if we truly reject the work of the Holy Spirit, attribute the work of God to Satan, then we are in blasphemy. It is with our mouth that we are showing that rejection that is in our heart. Now that being said... Give an account for every careless word. I, I believe that he's talking to the fact that, that those that never um, follow Christ. And my reason for that is that, that you and I are going to have careless words. Some of us had them this morning. Some of us say them today. Some of us will stub our crazy pinky toe again, and it'll happen. But see, Jesus has already paid for that. Like Jesus has already, he has already come and he has paid completely to entirety for those that are his children. And so I don't think that we're going to get up in heaven and Jesus is going to be like, well, Brent, you know when you're driving those two C, following those two C drivers, but by the way, your feeling towards them is sin, but we'll get there in a second. When you said this, like, I, I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily what I do because, because I'm seen not by what I do, but I'm seen because of what Christ has done for me. See, I'm seen in the lens of, of my advocate, Jesus Christ. But that being said, we have plenty of scriptures that talk to us as followers of Christ on what we do and don't say. And so I think for us to just assume that we can just say whatever we want because, wow, we've been freed. And so we can just say any flippant word we want. We can say any careless word we want. We can, we can go ahead and bash people. We can go ahead and gossip and slander because we're hiding it behind prayer or we're, we're, we're making it sound like we really care about them, but ultimately we don't. We just want to gossip. We just want to slander. We can do all that, but James 3.10 kind of ruins that for us in case you were wondering if it's biblical. He says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, my followers of Jesus, these things ought not to be so. That's not what we are to do. That's not what we are to do. So I don't, I don't think that this is a, like, look, Jesus is being, he's being very direct with these Pharisees. And he's saying, your, your words are proving your heart. Your words are showing your heart. He's not saying ultimately that salvation is, is done by your words. He's saying that, that you're that, um, he wants your heart because it dictates your actions. He's saying, he's saying that, that what you 
do. Salvation and condemnation isn't produced by your words or deeds, but manifested by them. Words and deeds are objective, observable evidence of a person's spiritual condition. See, what I do is going to show it. We're called, this is Christians, we don't like to judge one another. Right? We are not called to condemn, but we are called to judge in a sense of, of look for the fruit in each other and to spur one another on. Well, when you're sitting next to your spouse or your friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your coworker or your, your classmate or whoever it may be, and you start having this filthy garbage coming out of your mouth and you claim the name of Christ and your friend looking next to you is like, hey, Hey, what's, go- what's going on? What's, what's going on in here? What's, 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 what's really going on in here? Because that's, that's ultimately what matters most. David, who's a, a beacon of self-control in the Bible, um, he, that was a joke in case you're wondering, um, but yet God still calls him man after his own heart, which is, if does nothing for you, should give each of us hope. Each of us hope. Man, there was a guy that, that just waylaid his position in his life, and yet God restored him. He, made him. he made him whole again. Anyways, David, in one of his rants where he loved prayer, he's going back and forth. Um, in Psalm um, 141, three, verses 3 through 4, um, he says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds. He starts it with, God, block this. Keep the pie hole shut. Because if I speak, I'm ultimately going to speak out of a heart struggling and wrestling and I love that David is he's he's pleading this in prayer the rest of that psalm goes on it's just it's beautiful in fact I would encourage you to go read it and maybe pray that way so Jesus tells us this story says the good tree and a bad tree, and he says, your mouth is indicative of your heart. So then I guess this pegs the question. Ultimately, we know that salvation is, in, is through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone and nothing else. So we are justified by that faith in him, that free gift that we didn't earn, we don't deserve. And then as he does that, he starts making us, well, he makes us whole, but he starts this sanctification process that grows us along the way, that, that, that makes us more and more and more like Jesus every single day. So my question is, for those of you in here that are, are non-believers, you can just kind of like tune out at this moment. If you're like, I don't believe in God, you can just check out. Thanks for coming. Um, my question is, for those of you that are of Christ, if you were to just gauge the last week alone, just the last week alone, and, and just for a second, take actions out of it, okay? How's your heart by what's coming out of here? Have you found yourself just spilling out? Like, look, the Bible is, is, is full of, 
some fairly explicit language. So, I, I, like, you got to understand, like, there's some things that you read, you're like, wow, I can't believe it said that. Okay. But we are to let no unwholesome talk come from us. It means that we aren't, we aren't to have something that's idle and careless, that doesn't, that doesn't promote or bring glory to God. And so if you were just going to gauge your life by the last time you stubbed your toe, which is painful, I get it. By the last time someone hurt you, by the last conversation you had with someone, by the last secret you shared. Like, how's your heart doing? And I feel like if we don't ask that, that question, and we don't really listen to it, I feel like we're in danger. And here's what we're in danger of. We're in danger of assuming our hearts are perfectly fine and what we're producing is a fruit that is just gross. And what ends up happening is we go along the ways and those branches that are producing this nasty fruit have to get cut away. Well, as they get bigger and thicker and, and larger and, and stronger, that cutting away is more painful. And like I said, it doesn't just spill out on the floor. It spills out to everyone else around us. So let's, let's do, a, let's do a, a gut check. Let's do a... a you know, they call it a dashboard. Like, kind of take the last week's conversations you've had. How's your mouth doing? Now, let me pose that question in a, in a really different way. In this last week, how often has your mouth spoke to the God who created you? See, so often we want to go to what we did or didn't say with our coworker, with our spouse, with our kids, with our friends, with our relationship. And we've spent no time talking to the God who created us, the God who actually gave us a heart. The God that puts air in our lungs. So, so ignore what you have said that maybe be indicative of a heart condition that's going on right now. How How is your time in prayer? How is your time in communing with the God who loves you so much in spite of what all this stuff has been said in your life? See, my, my bet is some of us, we're sitting in here, some of us, you, you struggle to go talk to God because you know what comes out of your mouth earlier in the day. That's a lie. He's not confused by what you say. He's not like, whoa, I didn't know you said that earlier today. Wait, wait, tell me now. Now, like, give me what, let, like, let me know the circumstances here. Like, was it like a really hard stub of the toe? Like, I mean, like, did it, I mean, like, did blood come? Because, I mean, come on now. Well, wait, wait, wait. Did they, did they say something really harsh to you first? He doesn't do that. He just pushes all that aside and says, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm not really worried about that. I'm worried about this. Because this is what's most valuable to me. This is, this is where, where, I'm, where I'm ferocious in grace. Look at the scriptures. Look at what I did to bring you back to me. So I feel like I feel like we should be a little bit more ferocious with set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. 
keep watch over the door of my lips. Exclamation point, in case you're wondering. And I feel like we should be a lot more freer in communion with God. Look, he's not, he teaches us how to pray. But here's what I love about God. Here's what I love about it. If I came to you and I said, and you, like my life is falling apart and everything's horrible and, and, and you know, the, the week's been terrible and you said, how are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing good. Oh, wait, most of you did that this morning. Just kidding. Sorry. Too, too harsh? Sorry. Oh, I'm doing good because I'm afraid that I might hurt them. No, that's a lie. Because um, I don't think they really want to know why they asked me. Well, I mean, maybe that's true, but probably more a lie. If you approach God with this assumption that you need to fix something up before you talk to him, if you approach God with going, I'm not even worthy to come to you, and, and you say, I can't, therefore I can't come to you, you missed the point. You aren't worthy before you showed up. I feel like we need to spend a lot less time speaking careless and idle and unwholesome words and masking them by prayer requests. I'm free in Christ so I can say whatever I want. Well, everyone else does it in the world. And spend a whole lot more time on our face in conversation with the God who has a living spirit inside of you if you are his. I feel like if we could just tip those scales. You know that they say that every person could write about 200 pages in a book by the words they say in one day. I feel like that should be way less. So how's your heart? Um, we, um, we intentionally did one song up front because I was fairly convicted by um, James through 10, 310, talking about blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. You know, I've done this before. Well, I don't do it much anymore because my <laughs> poor wife has to come to church alone now. But I've done this before where, we, where we, we've got, you know, like the morning of and the night before, it's just been this blow up. Man, and you said ugly things, and it hasn't really been reconciled. And then you come, and you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Like, everything's awesome, and it's the greatest. And, and I feel like we believe that we can, we can move forward with this false dichotomy that's going on inside of us. Ultimately, look, you're always going to mess up. And, and to not come to God in your mess ups is not what this text is saying. But to blatantly disregard what you do and don't say with your mouth and then come to God and pretend like you haven't done that, well, there's a word for that. It's called hypocrite. And I, I don't want to be too harsh, but let's just, let's just look at one of the terms that Jesus just called hypocrites. You brood of vipers. That's one of his nicer ones. So what's in you? If you got bumped today, what would come out? Here's, here's, the, here's the good news. Here's the good news in this. 
is that ultimately, despite what comes in here, if you have surrendered your life to Christ, you are still righteous and pure as snow and beautiful. Despite all of this that's happened, you, you were made in the image of God. You bear his image. So my feeling is, and to make this a better visual, I'd pour the rest of this water out, but I put a lot more in here than I was expecting, so I won't do that. My feeling is that a lot of emptying needs to happen. And you know what happens? Is, is, is that comes from, from words. It comes from words. Like literally confessing. Confessing this to God. God, this is in me and I don't want it in me anymore. There's this bitterness, that this, this foothold of bitterness, and I can't keep functioning in this way. And you use, the, you use the very words that maybe got you in trouble the first time to make it right. And you watch as, as you empty yourself of this stuff by the Spirit of God inside of you as he's leading you to empty what is there. His Spirit, he's, he's convicting you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is inside of you and He is convicting you to look more like Christ. He's not shaming you into it. He's not shaking some big finger at you. How dare you? Looking at with just, can't believe you did it again. No, He is, he is giving you the way. He is, he is calling you to confession and to repentance. A turning from that. And here's, here's how you know the victory comes, because it's going to fail. You're going you're gonna to empty out, and more junk's going to be in there. You're going to stub your toe one time, and, and you'll use a, a Christianese cuss word, which that's a whole other subject. But anyways, you're going to stub your toe one point, and you're going you're gonna to realize that it doesn't instill this anger or this rage or something that is of ugliness. It hurts. <laughs> Ow, It hurts. But where you really, really are going to see this is when you're betrayed by a friend, your spouse just waylays you, when a boss treats you poorly, what comes out in that moment, that's when you're going to start to see these little victories. And I would like do a little jig at that moment because it wasn't anything you did, but it was you getting out of the way and letting the Spirit of God spill out of you. And the only way that's going to happen is if we spend exceptionally more time in his word, exceptionally more time in conversation with him, and a whole lot less time reading other people talk about his word or Facebook or conversation. Not that any of that is bad. It's all good, but we need to spend a lot more time. Like that scale has got to be tipped. If you want, if you want something good to come out of you, that scale has got to be tipped in a lot different way than it is most likely right now. And so what we did is, is um, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to give you guys a chance to worship. And now worship is one of those things that I feel like the American church has done a poor job uh, of defining. Um, worship is one of those things where I feel like um, we feel like most of us want to worship in song, which it is. There is singing. We see that. In fact, the psalms are full of it, and, and it is a beautiful way to worship. But worship is a lifestyle. And here's the thing about worship. Do you realize that singing a song without the heart in place is a noisy, 
clangy symbol. It's pointless. In fact, I dare say it's idle words. So what we're going to do is, is um, band's going to come up. We originally had the idea of turning off the lights, which we are still going to do. And we'll have them sitting down because so many times we can get distracted by, well, what are they wearing? Or is Jordan's hair different again? Or, um, or, we, get, <laughs> or we get distracted by if their voices are one way. And a lot of times it becomes a band performing for you so that you can worship God, which is not the way it was ever intended to be. And so what we're going to do is we're going to turn off the lights. And some of you um, seasoned people may have a hard time seeing, but good news is there's no words for you to, to see, so don't worry about it. Um, that was not intended. God just decided that that's what we we're going to do today. Um, so we're going we're gonna to worship. And before that, we're going to do uh, the offering. And I would encourage you to, uh, maybe that's the time that you actually need to write down the confession. Maybe that's a time for you to write um, something you need prayer for, something you're praying for right now, invite us to join you in that. Uh, maybe this is the time that you're going to give financially. Well, let's just go ahead and follow this worship right into it. If your heart isn't in the dollars that you're giving, dare I say it's careless and idle. It's God's money anyways. You realize that, like, that what every dollar you have is his money anyways, but if you're giving out of just this obligation or you want to look holier than you really feel or you want, to, you want to just do it and you're not doing it out of a love and obedience to God, then don't do it. If you get to this song and you're like, oh, I love this song, but you don't believe the words. See, worship was never intended to be on the exterior, although that's where it's displayed. Worship is here in your heart. Worship is here in your heart. And so, so we wanted to just spend some time worshiping with our voices. But I, I'm going to encourage you guys to stand when you feel like standing, to fall on your face when you feel like falling on your face, to say a word when you feel like you need to say a word, to sing as loud as you possibly can, even if it's off key. Because if it's out of the heart, do you realize it is a beautiful, joyous, amazing voice to your father. I, I'm ashamed at times when I'm embarrassed to sing because I'm off key, which is pretty much every time. Like I've seen my kids, and they're screaming at the top of their lungs and it's way off key and it's beautiful. And I am a poor father compared to the Father I have in heaven. And he, he, wants, he wants our hearts. He wants our worship. He wants our words. May they not be careless or idle or flippant or unwholesome, but may they be indicative of what's in our heart, which is true desire to love the Lord that created you, to love the Lord that gave so much to be in communion with you. And so when you worship, worship, I mean, worship as loud as you can. And if someone, like, starts screaming next to you, you're like, whoa, what was that? Like, just, just let, them, let them do it. <laughs> Thank them afterwards for being authentic. 
You know, maybe, maybe what you need to do is you need to go to someone today that said, hey, how are you doing this morning? He said, I'm good. And you need to go over and say, you know what, I'm not good. And you don't need to vomit your whole life story if you don't want to at that, on this perfect stranger. Maybe it's just a moment of being honest. Say, you know what, I lied. I said I was good and I'm not good. It's been a hard week. I don't know why we feel like we have to make the exterior something that the interior isn't. When the work of God in us is what changes the exterior. And it's not for my credit or your credit or anyone else's. It's for his glory alone. So we've been invited into this incredibly beautiful thing where he makes us whole. He instills in us this beautiful heart and then he starts working through us in this amazing way and then he gets the glory. We just get out of the way. We just get to walk in step with the Spirit that's teaching us the way, that's leading us in that way, and we can follow Him and know that as we follow Him, He is making much of Jesus Christ. Some of you, maybe it's time that you have been lying, you've been hiding something. There's just a darkness, and you out of some misplaced belief that you're protecting the people around you have been holding on to this. Ah, it's been so long, it doesn't really matter. As a foothold. And guess what? That's in you, and when you get bumped, it comes out. Let's release ourselves from that. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Oh, God, thank you for your word. We have everything. Those of us that are children of you, children of you, surrender to you, we have absolutely everything that we need complete by your spirit that is living inside of us, but yet you graciously gave us your word on top of that, Lord. You graciously gave us in writing and sustained it forever, in writing ways at which we can live that would bring glory to you. God, forgive us for having dusty Bibles. Forgive us for for thinking the one time we worshiped you a year ago was enough. May our lives be worship. Um, God, I'm fully aware uh, in a room this size, uh, there is a lot of um, unwholesome, flippant, gossip, slanderous um, people. Uh, the best thing is that you died for unwholesome, gossip, slanderous people. That you sent Jesus Christ to make us whole. And so for those of us that are whole, would we finally just again, just in this moment of worship, just surrender it all to you, whether that's through our finances, through singing, through, through your word, through falling on our face in praise, through confession. May we just finally surrender it all to you, knowing that you and you alone are Lord and worthy of every bit of our worship. Oh God, may we not be a people that bless and curse you out of the same mouth. Lord, would you guard our lips in that moment where we, where we don't speak. God, would you remind us that you are victorious over every little piece of darkness in this world. God, for those in the room that, that are not surrendered to you, for those in the room that, that, that maybe even think they're surrendered to you, but they've never fully surrendered to Christ, God, would you break down their hearts? Would you 
in a flash before them as if they were looking in the mirror, seeing everything that's, in, everything that's in them that's indicative of their heart and realize that their heart is not with you. And would you break them down and make them whole like the way that you have done for so many of us in this room, the way that you're continuing to do in each of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.